0: one of the things that I found really frustrating in our sort of narrative about around health and wellness is kind of the lack of space there is for alternative versions of health and wellness I suppose and the idea that if you're not 100% healthy or if you don't have 100% perfect health then somehow you're lacking or you can't you can't live well alongside that
1: When you're not well, there's some things you don't want to hear. Have you tried yoga? Are you drinking enough water? Have you tried this supplement or that wacky goop craze? Well, today's guest, Lucy Pasha Robinson, who's the Opinions Editor at HuffPost UK, has had enough, which is why she's the host of their new podcast series called Chronic. Chronic is an unashamedly anti-wellness podcast. And this is why I wanted Lucy to come on this show. There's a story that we tell about health, about being well, about being unwell, of fixing things, of battling things, of fighting things. When in reality, the worlds of health and illness aren't as separate as we like to think that they are. No one knows this better than the people who live with chronic conditions the kind of people Lucy talks to on the podcast. Chronic is challenging the narrative of a constant pursuit of wellness at all costs and rather focuses on the intricacies, lessons and humour of living with a chronic illness. Welcome to Storyteller, a podcast about how and why we tell stories. We've had quite a few new listeners join us since last week, so I wanted to say hi and introduce myself. I am your host, Lisa Golden. I'm a journalist and documentary filmmaker, and I'm obsessed with the intricacies of storytelling. So this podcast is a chance to hear from people from all fields and from all over the world. I've had poets and journalists and performers and filmmakers on, all the people you would maybe traditionally think of as storytellers but I've also had academics, scientists, historians, and even a Buddhist nun on. It's based on the premise that we're all storytellers, and this podcast is here to feed your curiosity, to spark ideas in your brain, get you thinking about the stories and narratives that are being told around you all the time, and maybe make you think a little bit about the stories that you want to tell yourself. I love this conversation with lucy because what i found so interesting about listening to people share their experiences on chronic is how much discomfort those who don't have chronic illness bring to those who do so what i mean is these narratives and these stories about striving for health and health as being something that's achievable if you just sort of put a bit of elbow grease into it or take your vitamins these narratives and beliefs add this extra layer of pain and difficulty for people who are already dealing with their own physical experiences. So we also discuss the structure of the health system, why we're so uncomfortable with illness, and Lucy shares her own experiences which led her to making chronic in the first place. Before I start, all the newbies and some of you oldies, please do subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it. Um, There's so many more of you listening than I've got ratings and reviews for. Um, I know that's mostly because Apple is very annoying and difficult. But if you can, please do subscribe. If you can't subscribe, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Just search for Lisa Golden Storyteller. Storytellers one word. And the accounts will come up. Um, I'm going to speak a little bit at the end of the podcast about the type of stuff I want to bring you on those platforms. Um, I don't want it just to be a marketing channel where I just like shove the podcast down your throat every week. I'm really trying to make it something more valuable and fun for you to have in your social media feeds. But mostly... Um, thank you so much for your support, we had a huge boost last week, so welcome all the new listeners, and yeah, thank you everyone, and all the listeners, thank you so much for your support, it means the world to me. So, on to the show. Alright, so Lucy, thank you so much for coming on Storyteller. Um, I want to start off by
0: asking you if you consider yourself a storyteller. Oh, interesting question. Thanks so much for having me. Also, by the way, I think that, yeah, probably I I probably would, yeah, because um, I mean that's one of the reasons I got into journalism was that I wanted to be able to give voice to interesting stories and and uh, and to people whose stories don't often get told or are, are kind of less often prioritized uh, by our news agenda. So um, I would like to say I am. I hope I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I feel well, I think
1: I mean basically the premise of the entire podcast is that I think everyone is a storyteller but I love I love hearing like what people think um storytelling is and like how they see their role in it um mm. so I have you here today because I mean I both want to speak to you as a storyteller but also you've just recently launched chronic so could you just tell us all a little bit about um chronic and why you started it as a podcast
0: Yes, um yeah, super exciting. So um it's a 10-part uh series at the moment all about sort of living well when you're chronically unwell. Mm. And we decided to launch it because uh I I've lived with endometriosis for a long time now and one of the things that I found really frustrating in our sort of narrative about around health and wellness is kind of the lack of space there is for alternative versions of health and wellness I suppose and the idea that if you're not 100% healthy or if you don't have 100% perfect health then somehow you're lacking or you can't you can't live well alongside that mm. so I really wanted to hear from people that actually had had been diagnosed with some kind of chronic illness had learned to live alongside that chronic illness and I wanted to hear how they did that um, because I think so often those kind of stories, either they're not told or they're told in a very doom and gloom way where, you know, it's all focused on the diagnosis. It's all focused on the loss and the grief. And and there is a lot of that. Of course, there's a lot of that in those stories, but there's also a hell of a lot of resilience. There's, there are a lot of success stories as well within that. There's a lot of realizations, you know, amazing realizations. One of the key the- themes that's come up so far, which has been really amazing and, and and it's quite surprising in some ways to hear is that um a lot of the people I'm speak i speaking to say that you know obviously they wouldn't wish illness on anyone but if they had a magic wand and they could go back in time they would really have to think carefully about whether or not they would have this chronic illness um or they would have had this experience because it's opened their eyes to so many things that they wouldn't otherwise have considered
1: yeah that's so and it's so interesting because I love how I I loved how you kind of framed it as the sort of anti wellness thing. Mm. So could you just explain to people like what what you meant by that? And, and I I I, get, I can only really empathise, but um, just that whole world of people sort of consistently just giving you crap advice that you've heard nine thousand times before. <laughs> but sort of what's the what's the anti what like what is and for people who aren't familiar with it? What would sort of the anti wellness thing
0: be? Well, I think it's quite controversial because people hear anti wellness and they think like, you don't want to be well? Like, what do you mean you're anti wellness? It's a bit of like a, a F you to um yeah. to that that kind of messaging that that you have to constantly be trying to improve on yourself, whether that's by doing more self care or um buying into the latest sort of health trends whether that's taking a certain new supplement that's at the zeitgeist or mm-hmm. um I don't know trying some radical alternative therapy that has got really shady <laughs> sort of medical research behind it yeah whatever that might be um I it, it's I think it's supposed to be I mean for me anti-wellness is kind of um a rail against the commoditization of of wellness yeah. and health
1: yeah. um yeah
0: and I suppose to me, you know, wellness, anything above and beyond, um, you know, eating well, sleeping well, getting enough sleep and doing a bit of exercise, you know, is essentially a commodification of wellness.
1: It kind of makes me think a little bit about like self-care, self-care also. I don't know if you would would classify it under the same thing, but like that kind like self-care just becomes such a rubbish word, don't you think, like in the last couple of months? What's it been like hugely commodified, like
0: mm. um, to sell you things, right? Totally. I think self-care absolutely falls under that category because there's this real there's been this real shift in in the way that we talk about about health and well, illness, I suppose actually. Uh, there's been a shift in terms of responsibility where suddenly everything is on the individual. So if you have mental health problems, there's there's no conversation around the the socioeconomic mm, <laughs> reasons yeah. that might be contributing to that. Yeah. But there's a hell of a lot of conversation around self-care and all the kind of stuff that you should be doing to help yourself. You know, there's there's a load of um one thing that that, is, that came up for me so many times in in my many sort of medical appointments over the years was um yeah, we know you you live in chronic pain, but have you tried yoga? Yeah. Have you <laughs> have you tried meditation? Mm, you know, it's like Are you drinking enough water? <laughs> yeah. Yeah and 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 that's not to say that those things aren't helpful because you know they they do form if you look at illness holistically they are a, an important part of the puzzle but I think it's it's really important not to only put the focus on indi- individual responsibility yeah. and also not to sort of glamor overly sort of glamorize the um the the I suppose the paid solutions to to um to illness
1: The reason Lucy can speak with such authority to the issue of chronic illness is not only because she's an excellent journalist. As she's already said, she has endometriosis. She was first diagnosed when she was 24. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with the condition, this is the description from the NHS website. Endometriosis is a condition where tissue similar to the lining of the womb starts to grow in other places such as the ovaries and fallopian tubes. It's estimated that around 1.5 million women in the UK are currently living with the condition. Could you just tell the listeners like a bit about your your own journey with sorry the word journey but um, your own journey with your your health and how and how you came to feeling like comfortable that you could speak about it and and sort of um, I don't want to say w- would you consider yourself like an activist in that space or I don't want to say activist but like you definitely advocate for like women's health and like I've loved reading your pieces over the time that I've known you so I guess like the, the your journey with it and then how you came to being comfortable. speaking about it
0: oh thank you Lisa that's very kind um yeah I call it a journey too just for want of a better word because um you know what else we're gonna call it but yeah I suppose uh I I suppose I have become a some somewhat activist in that space just because I think when you get diagnosed with some any kind of chronic illness or when you when you start pulling at that that thread of the jumper and things start unraveling it becomes really hard to ignore the the kind of systemic problems that that contribute to mm. poor experiences and especially in women's health like some of the some of the stuff that that I've come across has been really shocking um so i was I was diagnosed in 2014 um with endometriosis and I'd lived with symptoms probably for at least 10 years before that and I I definitely sought a diagnosis on and off over the years but a lot of the reasons for why it took so long were because of the the sort of internalized misconceptions I suppose we have about what it sh- what is acceptable to experience as a woman yeah. you know really heavy bleeding huge amounts of pain like with my period but also outside of my my um monthly cycle. A, a lot of times when I'd go to the doctors, they would say, Oh, it sounds like IBS or it's probably, Have you tried drinking more water? Like you said earlier, you know, it's like so there were all kinds of dismissals, you know, in that 10 year sort of journey to to actually get some answers.
1: And you're relatively young in that time, right? So you're not exactly like, you know, you're not really able to advocate for yourself when you're like younger and you're speaking to medical professionals who were all kind of taught to revere
0: and not challenge, right? Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, you said, um, you, have you, bec- you you become a sort of activist in this journey? I definitely wasn't that way when I was first diagnosed or when I was seeking a diagnosis. I had a sort of a immaturity, you know, before you've gone through any kind of a difficult Mm. life experience, which definitely changed over the years after, you know, with coming to terms with, with this chronic illness. So yeah, after I was diagnosed, I had a, I mean, it was quite a traumatic uh, journey to diagnosis because I I was ending up in A&E and things and, and no one really knew what was wrong. And uh, I was just in terrible, terrible amounts of pain. And, and when you experience pain like that, you know deep down that something is really wrong and it's really scary to to not know what kind of what it is and for people not to have any answers for you um Mm -hmm. so I I sort of rushed headlong into trying to fix it um when I was first diagnosed I definitely didn't grasp that this would be a chronic condition I
1: yeah
0: I thought you know I had a giant cyst basically on one of my ovaries and I just thought okay well I'll have this surgery they'll remove this cyst and then I'll go back to living my life as I was living it before you know as a 24 year old yeah working in marketing at the time was quite naive and you know as you are at 24 and or some people are at 24 like I was and um yeah just really thought you know nothing would change and actually what I found was that was just the I kind of fell off a cliff edge I suppose at that point that was the realization that actually life wasn't going to be the same as it as it was before and um yeah and that and that sort of uh marked the beginning of uh, a series of surgeries a series of really radical hormone treatment um I I had to yeah I had to have the menopause induced twice um during during that sort of uh, treatment journey and uh sorry I'm out of breath because uh because I'm pregnant and I can't speak (laughs) 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 I can't speak for long periods without being (laughs) out of (laughs) time (laughs)
1: oh that's okay sorry deep breath oh deep breath no worries no rush I'll talk for a little bit um uh so you you've I guess if that brings us up to this moment like you've you came up into this the correct diagnosis and then coping with it and coming to terms with the fact that it, it is an ongoing um an illness so I I think what what lessons do you think that they were there? Cause I, I guess what I want to get to is like, what space you're creating with the podcast, which I've just so enjoyed the first two episodes, because I think like anyone who's got a unique experience and especially one where so many people don't understand what you're going through. And you have to go through so many interactions that seem uh, are often sexist and racist and classist and, and push on all these things. And you're struggling with people believing you. Um, what has your experience been at the podcast so far with like making that space where you can have these conversations like has it been well received like just to maybe tell me a bit more about that journey side of things
0: yeah sure um I think one of the things that's been really eye-opening and which, which I've been um really happy to to be able to platform as well is the different experiences that that people have had um it, within that that chronic illness journey if you like um because and that's been really eye-opening like to be able to to show to to hear from others about like the difficulties they've faced but also the way that they've been able to overcome so mm-hmm. for example um jam prescott who i spoke to um last week who is a a bbc journalist who has lupus she was telling me all about how um she advocates for herself in in medical appointments and she was saying that she prepares really well like in advance she writes things down she she makes sure to remember when she's in the the appointment that it's her appointment she asks the questions that she wants to ask she takes the time she's really unapologetic about it being her time and getting what she wants to get from that appointment and um you know hearing from people like that like that's so different from my experience I've I've always felt very intimidated going into going into these medical appointments um Mm -hmm. I was telling telling Jam on the podcast last week like I think there's a there's definitely something to be said for like the kind of people that you like the kind of senior doctors that you come across um when you're when you're undergoing like diagnosis or treatment like they're often they're often male they're often the senior um and for a 24 year old or you know for anyone when you're when you're um if you're a woman or uh or non-binary or s- anyone who isn't you know a white male I think that um sometimes those faces can be quite intimidating because yeah. of the sort of societal structures that are in that are in place. So, yeah it was great great to hear from her how she how she sort of manages that um i think i think one of the beauties of podcasts is 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 listening in
1: uh, there is that intimacy and just getting to i think obviously i just think it's so nice listening to two people who have um one one not having to explain very basic stuff to the other one which means then you can have a richer conversation mm. do you know what i mean mm. um so that's just i've really enjoyed it Chronic illness makes us uncomfortable, structurally, societally, personally. What I've found from reading up on the experiences of people like Lucy is that it's about so much more than just dealing with your physical condition. You're dealing with other people's discomfort at your condition. You're dealing with people trying to quote unquote fix you. And, and it's not always you know, misguided. It's people who love you and they want the best for you. Lucy and I speak about the non-health aspects of dealing with a chronic condition. What are the common um, anxieties or, or things that that were coming up in your daily life for, for people who didn't understand your situation? Like, how I, w- I guess what I want to pull at is what interactions with people who didn't understand the situation were like, adding this additional stress to your life.
0: That's a really good question. I think. A lot of insecurities came up for me, um, both in my professional and personal life. Um, I think with any chronic illness, it impacts on your sense of self and um, you have to get used to, I know it's like the dreaded phrase, but it's you do have to get used to a new normal. And with that comes a sort of new version of yourself, I suppose, that you have to get to know and for me there was a long period of mm. grief associated with that that you know i wasn't going to go back to that that happy go lucky 24 year old i mean probably i probably wasn't that happy go lucky but it's really easy to <laughs> to sort of glamorize that like pre diagnosis yeah. time but i th- i suppose the things that came up for me were sort of imposter syndrome at work i i definitely really worried that you know somehow my worth was Related to my productivity, and therefore, you know, if I wasn't able to keep up with like really, really demanding hours and do everything that my colleagues were able to do, like physically, then that would mean that I'd be less of an asset to the team, or I'd be letting the team down, or mm. you know, or that my bosses would be talking behind my back, and they would they would think I was lazy. Uh, laziness was a big thing that yeah. you know I, I'd be worried that, and it, and these things actually still sort of live with me now even you know even six years after diagnosis but um yeah that that, that you know if I needed to rest or if I was having a flare-up or if I was having you know really bad fatigue that that people might just think like oh god another problem yeah, you know yeah. and I suppose that's another thing with with chronic illness like in my personal life one thing I found really tricky was um you know those questions around like how's your health at the moment or like no in fact they wouldn't ask how's your health at the moment they would say are you feeling better or uh, um
1: okay so like is it solved yet
0: yeah exactly it's like so are you better now and um that sort of education piece has been has been quite challenging to be able to and you know for for both sort of family and friends to come to terms with I suppose because there is a real real fear around chronic illness and I think especially you know when you're young and you look healthy and, and, you know, your friends and family want the best for you and they see all the potential in your life. And they and, and I think from the outside, it's quite scary to think that this person is going to potentially have to manage this illness for, for, you know, the foreseeable future. Um, so that education piece has been quite challenging. Cause that's why I think like you are kind of
1: dealing, you you're dealing with your own, your own illness, your own body your own feelings like the i guess the the world as it stops on the outline of your skin i guess but just this whole like second job of dealing with other people's misunderstanding and and i think um what you said is like other people's fear and and it's weird because then maybe people are projecting something on you that maybe actually has nothing to do with you but you're still left with the responsibility of like handling their emotions about it um which must just be really annoying and frustrating
0: yeah for sure and people people have all kinds of uh experiences as well with illness and like um you know for some people they've experienced real loss in their lives they might have lost very close people you know to very serious acute illness for example or um you know people have all kinds of different experiences in life so when 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 you put the issue of illness on the table, or chronic illness, it brings up all different kinds of emotions in people. And I think one of the things that the learnings I've had to take is that, um, in fact, one of my my podcast guests mentioned this this to me recently. It really resonated with me. He he said that he um uh there's a quote by RuPaul, which is um you know I think it's something I'm paraphrasing, but something along the lines of um what other people think of you is none of your business. And, um, I think that's just such a good, like life lesson, whether you're dealing with chronic illness or not. Mm -hmm. Um, you you don't know what that's, what you talking about chronic illness is bringing up in someone else. And, um, so I suppose I try and, I try and exercise sort of forgiveness, uh, where I can.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This discomfort with illness, with pain, was documented by writer Susan Sontag as she took on her own experiences with cancer, which she had at multiple points in her life. I read a quote to Lucy from the book on illness and its metaphors. Uh, She was familiar with it. And I'll read it to you now before we continue on with the conversation. So she wrote, Illness is the night side of life more onerous citizenship. Everyone who's born holds dual citizenship in the kingdom of the well and in the kingdom of the sick. Although we all prefer to use the good passport, sooner or later, each of us is obliged, at least for a spell, to identify ourselves as citizens of that other place. And... that always stuck with me this idea of like we are all holding like dual passports and that we will Mm -hmm. all in our lives like move through both and I I I just it made me think of of all the stuff that we're discussing now because it it's so um it's it uh, people can't like separate themselves from it which maybe is why it makes them so uncomfortable so yeah I just Mm -hmm. wanted to see what you thought about that
0: yeah i absolutely love that quote i i really love that quote um it's definitely something i i thought about a lot with in the sort of prep for the for the podcast um i i love that i think it's like it's such a um it really exposes our 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 vulnerability i suppose because everyone no one knows what's going to happen to them in life you know everything is luck to a certain extent and actually that is it's it's funny because um I found that when I was first diagnosed, like probably because of my age at the time and the people that I was surrounded with that I I really struggled to um, feel understood by my peers. And as we've got a little bit older and people have gone through, you know, their own diagnoses, perhaps with with chronic illnesses or cancer scares or. Parents getting ill or whatever that might be miscarriages um suddenly uh it's kind of like pe- you know people's own life experiences exposed to them that it, it, exactly what is said in that quote you know that 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 we all hold dual passports um and it's like people everyone at some point is gonna have that realization that opens their eyes that that i mean it's not necessarily a nice realization to have but that that life isn't always all sort of sunshine and and roses um but in a way that in a way that that's not all that's not a solely negative thing you know that that also brings so much empathy and compassion and desire for understanding and um and connects people in a different way yeah, um, I think it's, it is. It's just it's so human. It's one of those
1: things that just just, just profoundly reminds you of like all the stuff that makes you, like actually like being vulnerable is is what makes people so inherently like wonderful. Do you know what I mean? Wonderful. Like if we were hmm. all just wonderful superheroes, it'd be very boring, wouldn't it? Like
0: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Um,
1: so I mean, keeping keeping so there's there's the 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 that's very much like the human side of things and I just wanted to go on to what you were saying um we wanted to ch- talk about which was these structural issues around chronic illness and I I think this is really interesting because this is kind of where the storytelling comes in and the narrative comes in which is we understand illness to be this one thing and it's very easy to be like oh that's just oh that's just a way of thinking we just have to change that thinking but it's not it's a h- huge institution that is built up around the narrative of sick people come in and well people go out the other side.
0: Um mm, so can mm. you just tell
1: me what what you've come to understand about these sort of structural issues around chronic illness?
0: Mm. Well, so when I uh last year I attended this um pain management course and uh it it was an NHS course. It was one once a week for for six weeks and then a follow-up every few months and and then every year and um, and basically the idea of it was to like to say, okay, you've you've lived in pain for this long, you've tried all the treatments, like what else can we learn about pain, you know, to make that more manageable manageable? Um and one of the things that really struck me from this course was um how it was the first time in my interactions with the sort of medical community that there was an open and honest discussion about the limitations of modern medicine um hmm. and essentially we, we yeah we started discussing the idea of of the NHS or any sort of health service really being set up as a model to treat acute conditions and how exclusionary that is for the people that live with long term conditions because the way that you would you would treat a broken arm for example is totally different to the way that you would manage diabetes or or whatever that might be um you know, mm-hmm. for 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 uh, you know a broken limb, you you would expect prompt treatment. You would need uh, a clear treatment plan that that fixes the specific issue, um, and then you would hope to be churned out the other other side and and uh, and hopefully not have to interact with much with sort of doctors after that. Um, but obviously, chronic conditions demand a different approach, and our system isn't set up to support that. So one thing that i've really found is like that that is lacking at the moment in in our treatment of um long term women's health conditions is that sort of more holistic joined up approach so endometriosis can um endometriosis can affect all literally all aspects of your life um one of the main things i think is missing from our 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 treatment approach is the the mental health um support of being diagnosed with a, yeah. with a a chronic pain condition like that, because, um, as I mentioned earlier, like it brings up all kinds of uh of difficult emotions to come to terms with that that is actually really hard to do on your own. Um, yeah. And for me, in the position that I'm in, I'm I'm in a very privileged position where I've been able to seek out some of that support um, off my own back, and 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 you know have have paid paid therapy to to talk through some of those issues and, um, pursue some other alternative therapies. Um, but obviously lots of people won't be in a position to be able to do that. Um, and, and that support just isn't there in, in the way that, um, that we, that we treat chronic illnesses currently. So, you know, we have to recognize the limitations of our, of our current, um, model and we can't blame ourselves for that, you know, for not fitting into that.
1: As Lucy mentioned, she's pregnant, and I wanted to ask her about how it's changed her relationship to her body and her health.
0: It's a funny one, actually, um, because it's the first time I've had like interactions with um, with doctors and things that are sort of positive interactions. Like you're you're under like. Uh, you know a medical team but it's for like a good reason it's it's weird it's yeah. it's a weird oh, like nice. reprogramming is required of my brain um because I know too much as you as you yeah. say uh, yeah. so uh but yeah it's definitely it's definitely um sparked a sort of need to relearn certain things and to let go in a way that I possibly haven't been able to do before like Um, I had this idea that pregnancy would be very like obviously everyone tells you about the first trimester and how how heinous that is and and that was my experience also but no one really told me that pregnancy was like quite painful or maybe they did tell me and I didn't listen I mean they probably Mm. you know people are probably saying this but I'm just not plugged in I wasn't plugged into that conversation but but like there's a lot of like pains and like aches and things associated with pregnancy that for someone who has dealt with chronic pain is quite uh sort of triggering because um, you know, yeah. if I feel like a twinge in my side, I'm like, oh God, have I got have I got a cyst? And is this cyst gonna be, is it gonna like grow and like consume my womb and like, yeah, what's gonna happen? Yeah. yeah. Um so like there's there's definitely had to be like some work of like trying to let go of some of that health anxiety. Um but yeah, it's also really such a cool experience because it's like my body is doing something that it knows how to do. And like uh, it's been really it's been really positive, I suppose, for my own um, like the way I view my body, I suppose, because uh, I think having dealt with illness for so long, I, I I, think, I, you know, it would have been impossible not to internalize quite a negative dialogue about the capacities of my body and um so to to see it doing this thing and like you know so far so good I've I've had a very healthy and and relatively comfortable pregnancy um and I'm at the sort of six month mark now so uh, yeah that's been pretty that's been that's been quite healing in in some ways um but then I suppose the other side to that is that um that since I've been pregnant, the sort of endo and chronic pain um, sort of considerations, I suppose, have sort of dropped off the radar. So it's kind of what we were talking about earlier, like the the way that our medical system isn't set up sort of holistically um, to see that, that with that sort of multidisciplinary approach. Um, I'm viewed as like a, a low risk, a low risk pregnancy with with no special considerations. Um, which is great, great for me to know that I'm having this healthy pregnancy, but also quite, quite weird for me to know that, that, you know, all of my surgeries and the chronic pain that I, that I have and the adhesions aren't being taken into Mm -hmm. account sort of in, in any way. Um, So it's funny. Yeah.
1: It's really interesting. It's yeah, that's yeah. That must be just such an interesting, like, Journey to go on with your with your own body, but yeah, like what you said. I mean that that must just be really wild. Like you said, like going. I guess it also comes to that problem of like labeling and storytelling, and like why if you don't have a holistic approach to looking at a at a at a human with their whole history, it is like you can come for one appointment and it's like you have a problem and it's a problem that needs fixing, and then a pregnancy appointment, which essentially it's just you accessing healthcare, but then a pregnancy appointment, it's like yay you're building a human this is a good thing
0: <laughs> so yeah, it just shows yeah.
1: like how deeply like we just can never dismiss how deep like uh, cultural stuff comes with you into that appointment room um mm. I just want to be conscious of your time um so thank you just thank you so much for sharing your story I just really appreciate that I um I'm really enjoying Chronics. Um, it's good to know that there's there's eight more coming. Um and yeah, where can people find you if they want to follow you and um just learn a bit more about your your journey and like some of the stuff you've written?
0: Oh, thank you so much, Lisa. It's been great. Um really, really great speaking with you. Um so thanks for having me on. Uh they can find me at on Twitter um at Lucy Pasha. Um And if they've got any kind of... If people have thoughts on Chronic or want to get in touch um, specifically with feedback on that, they can email me at uh, chronic at huffpost.com. Okay, great.
1: And I'll add... I'll just link everything in the show notes. So if anyone's listening, they could just swipe down and click and it should just take them straight through. Um, Amazing. But yeah, thank you just so much for your time. It was so nice to talk to you. And yeah, I can't wait. We can see
0: each other hopefully in the real world at some... (laughs) some point (laughs) yes thank you so much lisa thanks for having me
1: thanks again to lucy there are now three episodes of chronic live i really do recommend everyone goes over and listens obviously it's a great space for people with chronic conditions um but just my two cents is that if you don't have a chronic condition there's a really statistically high chance that you have someone in your life who does have a chronic condition and this podcast just gives you a chance to understand the challenges, the wins, the humor, the frustration. It like just sort of gives you like a little window um, into life with a chronic condition, which I think just can make you a better friend, sibling, child, partner, whatever role you are. Like Susan Sontag said, we're all dual passport holders. nothing much to reflect on this week from my side. Um, As I'm recording this, the US election is undecided. Uh, Almost half of my listeners are from the US, which is amazing. And to be honest, the rest of us are all going to be affected by the decision that is made, um, which has not been made yet. So I guess all I have to say is I'm sending love, I'm sending patience. And in a difficult time I mean however it swings I think a lot of people will be disappointed um that there wasn't a clear statement of intent say that from like the most powerful country in the world um so all I have to offer in 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 the face of despair is hope so I'm sending you hope hope love and patience as usual, please email me any thoughts or questions you have for me at storytellerpod at gmail.com. I love getting emails. I love a good email. I'm so going to write you a long email back if you drop me an email. So do it, do it, do it. Um, I, social media wise, I tend to hang out on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, like I said at the top, I'm focusing on bringing some like more valuable content over to the Instagram page. I am a sort of one woman army over here. So it has been slow going. But I think I'm finally getting into a place where I can actually bring you some of the things that make following the account valuable for you. So I'm recommending one podcast a week. But, you know, if you only have time to listen to one, one that I think is really good, I promise it'll never be this one. <laughs> it'll always be someone else's podcast. I'm starting to collate lessons in storytelling that I'm getting from each of these um, people that I've spoken to. And this week I even made my first reel, guys. It's pretty embarrassing, but um, it was actually quite fun to make. So I will, I'm not a, a um, comedian by any stretch of the imagination, but I will try and make them a bit fun and a bit lighthearted. Um, just so you have a good reason to, to follow the show on social media and it's something that just makes it valuable and it's not just a channel for me to push the podcast to you on. Next week on the show, we have Tega Uagba on the podcast um, which I'm really excited for you guys to hear, um, as well as a surprise guest appearance. Ooh, <laughs> have a your interest. Mm. So until next time.